civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, have you got the notes? This is not a test. Okay, fire up the furnace and let's get going. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. To fuel our generator this week, the government has kindly donated several bags of cash that it no longer needs. Some nurses are selfishly claiming that the money could be better used to give them a pay rise for successfully dealing with the zombie pandemic. But I think they're forgetting that they've already had several clapping sessions and the Poet Laureate has written a limerick in their honour. So let's not get carried away with ourselves, guys. Oh, Gary, the flames are getting a bit low. Can you chuck another bag on? Okay, we now have enough power for our show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was 21st century Britain. In this episode, we pay a visit to the Pride of Yorkshire Awards and catch up with Cecily, Yorkshire's oldest lollipop lady. I'm so happy to serve. You know, I I have actually slept on the side of the road so that I don't miss my shift. We also have a chat with the head of the Yorkshire Tourism Board, Eckhart Mindley. After the recommended four minutes, I made those people look away. The screaming died down after just a few short hours, and they said that that day was definitely one of the most days of their life. And we have an exclusive interview with government artist Corey Bellwether. I, I invoiced the government. It's weird because I literally invoiced the term the government. I don't invoice like a certain branch or a certain department, and they've asked me not to be in their terms so specific. But first, here's this week's vaccination schedule. On Monday, we're offering garlic injections to protect you from vampires. On Tuesday, we're offering silver injections to protect you from werewolves. On Wednesday, we're offering milk injections to protect you from the lactose intolerant. On Thursday, we're offering vodka injections to protect you from sobriety. And on Friday, we're offering empathy injections to protect you from Tories. As we all know, last week saw the annual Pride of Yorkshire Awards, where we honour the best and brightest that this glorious nation has to offer. And we were there to chat to some of the winners. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Oh, hello. Is that Cecily Jones? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, oh, my knees. I'm so excited. It's been such a moment. Thank you so much. And do we have a Janet Braithwaite there as well? Hi, you do. Yes, it's me, Janet Braithwaite. Hello to both of you and and welcome to the show. Um, um, Cecily, if I can start with you. So... What have you done to earn the the highest honour that the glorious free Republic of Yorkshire has to bestow? Well, it's absolutely extraordinary. But if you can believe it, I've been the oldest serving lollipop lady in the whole of free Yorkshire. (laughs) That sounds like a very well-deserved reward. And Janet, what was your service to our glorious government? Well, uh, as the song famously goes, ain't no mountain high enough and there ain't no fatberg big enough to stop me from getting it, destroying it, and dissolving it into a liquid. You're a fatbird destroyer, one of my personal heroes, I must say. And how long have you been doing this great service for our country? 
When I was a girl at school, I didn't have many friends. I used to sit at home thinking about how we could unblock the drain. And from that moment in the dream of being able to siphon out any goop or gonk out of people's drains, that has been my dream. From someone who's unclogging our drains to someone who's keeping our roads flowing, if you will, and keeping our children safe, Cecily, you're Yorkshire's longest-serving lollipop lady. How long have you been on the job? Oh, I've been on the job for 50 years, if you can believe it. I look after children crossing the road, but I look after everyone. I'm so happy to serve. You know, sometimes I just lie down in the middle of the road and just think, thank God for crossings, because crossings mean that we don't die. You know, I I have actually slept on the side of the road so that I don't miss my shift. Obviously, with the speed of traffic these days, all the lollipop ladies are fitted with highly protective clothing. So you say you lie down in the middle of the road and act like a human speed bump. Well, I'm not meant to. I mean, it's not in the contract. But sometimes I just get a bit tired. I mean, the other day, a car did actually drive over my left foot. (laughs) But luckily, that's the foot that I lost 15 years ago by somebody else driving over it. So it didn't hurt. And I just popped the uh, prosthetic foot back on and carried on (laughs) lollipopping. You're an inspiration to us all. If I can just switch back now, you've been at this job your whole life. So what do you feel was your greatest achievement as a Fatberg destroyer? Well, a couple of years ago, there was one that was bigger than the castle of King Geoffrey of the Free Republic. And we didn't know if we were going to be able to do it. But I got crampons, I got ice picks, and I got my shoes and battery acid. And I made my way to the summit of that fatberg. And uh, I don't know if you know, but Cecil is actually my auntie. Uh, and, and she was down there going, you can do it. You can do it, dear. Go. Oh, she's good at imitating me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, auntie. Uh, but I made my way up bit by bit it was solid enough that I didn't slip off of its gelatinous exterior and as I got to the peak I made a hole in the summit and I poured battery acid in it and it worked its way internally and destroyed it from the inside a bit as if I was like a spy cell within an organization you're a fifth columnist in terms of the world of Fatbergs. Absolutely. If the Fatbergs had a list of people that they had on a warning list, my face would be there, writ large, Janet Braithwaite. You know, she really is amazing. I just want to say about Janet that she's an inspiration because, you know, she keeps us safe so that we don't have any problems underground. And I keep us safe up top, you know, against the, the mutant tardigrades who are on the rampage on the streets all the time. You know, we're a bit of a team, I feel. We absolutely are. Underground, overground, family are we. That's what we sing when we see each other. We certainly do. I mean, uh, that's an old folk myth. I can't even remember what the origins of that particular ditty are. But yes, you're absolutely right, Janet. And of course, your paths did cross professionally last year when we had the Fatberg of Skelmanthorpe burst out of the sewers into the road itself. And whilst one of you was destroying the Fatberg, the other one was guiding children safely over it. The real crux of the situation was when uh, my auntie Cecily actually stood in front of it because it was making its way across the road down the path towards the children. And my auntie, with her sternest lollipop woman voice and look, looked at the fatberg and she said, Oi, you oily so-and-so, stop right there. And it did. 
It did. It was phenomenal. You know what? Because I was I was a little bit nervous. I'd lost my foot again that I'd rolled off down the road. But I decided to just fling myself on the back of a mutant tardigrade. And there I was just shouting at the fatberg. I was very firm. Wasn't a Janet. You're so firm. And it obviously gained a level of sentience because it was able to understand your human speech pattern. And it stopped in its tracks for a moment, at which point a karate chopped in what I assume was its gullet. And then I properly started going at it with some Ajax and some Sif. We had extra scones that afternoon, didn't we, my love? (laughs) Oh, we did. We used some of the fat bug, didn't we? Oh, yes. Quite delicious. That's an impressive story. And so you defeated the sentient fat bug. Most impressively, Cecily, there, you you said you rode on the back of a tardigrade. Oh, yes. Those things are viciously wild. They are. This must have taken years of training. Well, dear, you know, I've had years. And it did take years. But you have to know how to control them and they're wonderful creatures you just got to tickle them under the chin and grab their balls really hard as you get on and uh, then they'll just do anything for you well as you showed today by receiving your medal on the back of a tartigrade i know i might be 87 but i've got a bit of showmanship left in me <laughs> well the backflip that the tartigrade did after the medal was awarded took everyone by surprise certainly that footman whose arm they're sewing back on at the minute such a shame there's always casualties aren't there such a shame. You do have to sometimes think with the mutant tardigrades is that they have got very large egos. So one of the ways to keep them in tow is to just keep complimenting them. Mmm, you look nice and roly-poly. Ooh, what a large girth you have. Things like that. And if you compliment them enough, they're quite subservient after you've done the old testicle squeezes my auntie is so proficient at. I don't know where you learnt that. I hope it wasn't with uncle. <laughs> He's dead. But you have to give them compliments all the time. And I think that's because maybe the the footman actually didn't boost its ego enough. So in many ways, you have to say it was your fault. Yeah. But since you've been doing the crossings for 50 years now, so you were doing the crossings in the dark times. And so the children must have changed beyond all recognition in those decades. I mean, most of them have got hair now. Indeed, indeed. Yes, and all over their bodies. It's quite impressive. And of course, you know, we've all changed colour, haven't we? We've all changed colour. They're kind of a much darker shade of green these days. Well, yes, the government had to insert that dye so they would indicate your personal radiation levels. Well, absolutely, because a lot of the children were translucent, as were the adults, and you couldn't actually see where people were because they were so radioactive that they were like a bit of perspex. You could see right through them. Well, yes, and it must have made getting them across the road an absolute nightmare. Yes, oh, yes, it was. I I lost so many, I can't even count. But, you know, they're very forgiving at the council. (laughs) Yes, were they actually officially recording any statistics? I mean, if you run over someone you can't see... Is that really an accident? No, no, absolutely not. No, they don't record those. I mean, you know, they just try and make the best of everything. And so we just tend to sweep it under the uh, under the tarmac. <laughs> it was one way that the government was able to achieve its less than 100,000 a day target by not counting the see-through ones. Absolutely. It's very sensible. Yeah. I think what used to happen as well, though, is that they had to discern, was the person in the car fist pumping the air and scoring on a sheet? If they were, they were probably looking to hit people. Then they could be tried for it if you could prove it. If they had like an Excel spreadsheet with that in, if they were inputting data as to how many fatalities they'd cause, perhaps then there would be a case for legislation. But if they hadn't, if they kept it to themselves, then who knows whether it was an accident or in fact willful murder. 
That seems reasonable enough, and we can obviously check everyone's internal car videos, which are accessible to each government employee, in order to confirm or deny that behaviour. One of the great things about the children being so early, though, is that around here we have an annual competition called Hasut Brute, and whoever is the hairiest child will win a prize. Oh, right. And uh, have you any other relatives who are eligible for another award you could add to your family's hall? Janet's son. Janet's son won it, yeah. Yeah, my son, my son Norman, is the hurriest child you've ever seen. And if you win, which he did, he's won three years on the trot. Shut up, everybody else. Stop being jealous. It's not a fix. I'm not sticking it on. Your prize is actually a full body waxing. But you are put out, you are given general anaesthetic, because obviously the pain of that would be so unbearable, you'd probably die so what they do is they put you under general anesthetic and then they just go at you with some veat strips oh it's absolutely brilliant it comes back shiny like a little plot porcupine but then within the course of about three months he's early again but he has those three months of normality but isn't it true that one of the main contributors to fatbergs is people flushing their discarded hair down the toilet i just want to no i want to say in janet's defense that's never been proven yeah, absolutely. It's never been proven that I've been causing all of the fatbergs that I've got to fight. OK, that's an interesting thing to deny that I hadn't actually stated. Obviously, all the recordings from this show will be uh, sent to our government, as they always are. I think, um, excuse me, my knees, my knees. I think this interview is over. Thank you very much. OK, and uh, oh yeah, I can hear some sirens in the background. I think the government have already been alerted. We have got a live feed going to their department. Get off of me! No, my son is hairy, but we're not, we're not follicle terrorists! Get off of me! Oh, they're tasing me in the eye! <laughs> Janet! You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Cecily and Janet were duly caught, tried and processed for their crimes. But the nation would still like to commemorate their good deeds as well. So Cecily's mutilated corpse will feature in the latest road safety posters aimed at the under fives. And Janet's recovered stomach acid has helped in the dissolving of the latest fatberg threatening our sewers. Aw, what a lovely tribute. Now, as levels of background radiation continue to fall, Yorkshire is once again becoming a popular holiday destination. So I spoke with the Yorkshire Tourism Board Chief Eckhart Mindley, about his plans for attracting some of the 15 people from other nations who still possess valid entry permits for our glorious nation. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Eckhart, welcome to the show. Lloyd, at the very top, I'd love to say we here at com.yorkshire.com.com would like everyone listening to come to yorkshire.now.com. So that's very straightforward. If you want to come to Yorkshire, you type that in and the first dot is actually you write out and the second dot is a type dot and then the third dot you write out again. Yes. Couldn't be more straightforward. Please come. We've got so much for you to see. Well, you've got lots of exciting ideas that are going to attract tens of people to our great nation, I'm sure. Just in this last week, we had over one person arrive and visit. I showed them around everywhere. Come to Yorkshire and we'll look after you, Reet. You'll get a personal tour. I walked them from one end of the nation to the other. So you went past the radioactive slag heap of Wakefield? Yes, 
We arranged a lovely picnic blanket. They looked at it. We ate. We breathed in the refreshing radioactive dust. We admired the illuminating radioactive glow. We felt radiating radiation within our bodies. It was marvellous. Well, yes, if you're eating and breathing in there, you're guaranteeing yourself a double dose. So you'll get a slight glow yourself. But it's, you know, it's nice to take a bit of Yorkshire home with you. They sell uranium cake at the gift shop for just 12 each. Nice. Are they still selling the urinal cakes as well? Two for four pounds. A nice Yorkshire bargain. And so after Wakefield, you go through the dales and, you know, don't be staring into the endless void too long because we all know once that happens, there's no hope for you. After the recommended four minutes, I made those people look away. The screaming died down after just a few short hours, and they said that that day was definitely one of the most days of their life. The great thing about looking into the void and feeling the monsters, the screams, the nightmares well up within you, once you're not looking at the void anymore, you're so glad. It's an euphoric experience. They said they had never been more glad to be alive. Think how glad you could be if you just came to yorkshire.com.com.now. Yes, just a little reminder of that website address. It's com.to.yorkshire.now.com.now. So I know that the Cthulhu spotting tours off the coast of Whitby, we've had some success in that arena. We have definitely had some success. Up to 50% of our first tourist party survived the Cthulhu shipping experience. And so after you've done a bit of Cthulhu spotting, how would you while away an evening in Whitby? What other attractions have we got to entice people who aren't from Yorkshire to Yorkshire? When you come to Yorkshire.com.com to Yorkshire, you can experience relaxation. Lie down on a park bench. Ignore the screams. Ignore the high winds. Ignore the flame on the horizon. When you come here, eat the finest food. It's mostly food. It's mostly edible. You've already eaten uranium today. You're going to be fine. Read our extensive reading materials littered around the floor with instructions on how to stay here. Come to Yorkshire.com and read, listen and stay. Well, yes, this is one of the side projects of the tourism campaign. It's not just encouraging people to visit Yorkshire. We are getting people to stay. That's right. I mean, it's pretty difficult. Once you've looked into the void, you don't ever want to leave, really. That's right, Lloyd. Up to 100% of the surviving members of the visiting party will be staying in Yorkshire. Maybe you should come to Yorkshire.com.now. Come now to Yorkshire and you can dot stay. In fact, we are launching a companion website right away. Stay in Yorkshire. Stay here. Read, listen, relax. Yes, that website is backslash stay at dot dash at dot backslash at Yorkshire stay stay dot never dot never dot leave backslash. It's been a great success because like you say, 100% of the people who survived. So that, that one guy you've managed to persuade to stay. He said he's never going to leave. He said... Other people that are thinking of coming to Yorkshire should come to yorkshire.now.com. He said 
that if you come to Yorkshire, we've got rolling hills, we've got rolling moors, we've got rolling TV news. Come to Yorkshire. Come now. And you've I've got a maypole in the back garden as well for all you to dance around come springtime. Yes, come before spring. It's very important. The nights are getting warmer. We need to welcome the sun. Come to Yorkshire. Come and dance. Yes, well, I think we can entice definitely a few people. And so once we've got a group of three or four, that's core it for the ceremony to welcome back the summer sun. Yes, Mrs. Bester, we have your son. Come and visit him. He wants you to dance. He loves Yorkshire. Come and see the dam. Come and see your son. We know you like to dance. Dance around, Mabel. That sounds just enticing. How could anyone resist such a welcoming message? Of course, you are also Yorkshire's premier wicker producer. How is this year's crop coming? The wicker grows every year. It grows slowly, steadily. It grows for all of us, Lloyd. There's something about the way you've said the website this year as well. It just makes me want to, to come to your ceremony this year. You know, the come to Yorkshire backslash at come to... That's it, Lloyd. Come Tell them to, to come to Yorkshire.com. Come to you. Come to Yorkshirenow.com. That's it. Yes. Come dot slash dot backslash dot ellipses. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. And if you missed that website address, for your convenience, it has also been tattooed on the inner lip of every third swamp mongrel. Have fun looking for them, and be sure to avoid the rabid ones. I see that some nurses have broken into Gary's booth and are attempting to wrestle the last bag of cash from him, but he's managed to subdue them with a hasty round of applause, so if we're quick, we should have time for one more feature. Tomorrow sees the opening of a major retrospective that is celebrating the work of famed government portrait and landscape artist Corey Bellwether as he retires from an illustrious career. And earlier, I had the pleasure of conducting an exclusive interview with him. Corey, such a delight to have you on this show. It's wonderful to be on this show. For an official National Landscape and Portrait Archivist to have an exhibition celebrating the end of their illustrious careers is a rare honour indeed. It's only been one other exhibition that I'm aware of for Beanie Thornycroft, our great illustrator from the early part of this century who documented many of the tragic events that happened at that time. And you equally are known for your beautiful, honest renditions of many of our government employees. And of course, most famously, your monthly illustrations from the poet Beach Gathering. That's the section of my work that I have the most pride in because I feel like that was a gathering of poets that come together to share their voice, to share their sometimes uh, more abrasive frustrations of what they're experiencing. And it's a cathartic experience. 
And I, I'm allowed to bring a certain level of glorification to that project. At the times that these events are held, it's usually either a bright pink sunset or maybe some of the fumes have caught in the sky. So you'll see some really beautiful green flares. And sometimes it's a really nice touch to see how people have coordinated their outfits with masks. Yes, well, a certain amount of anonymity is required, given what the poets are talking about. It's one of these, not government sanctioned, but the government allows it to happen because obviously the, the beach they do it on is known for its surfing and its waves. So as long as they say their poetry, once the waves are so loud that no one can actually hear it, then the government turns a blind eye. And you're, I mean, I must say you're capturing of some of those breaking waves that occasionally sweep the odd port away are just poetic. You're hitting the nail on the head there. Like it doesn't really matter what people are saying. And to a large degree, as long as they feel expressed, it doesn't matter if they're heard. But long story short, I cannot draw the sound of the waves. I cannot draw the muffled voices of the poets. I cannot draw the poisonous hermit crabs. But what I can draw is the joy that people feel after they've expressed themselves. So a large part of the work is actually going to be an exhibit here. Um, not everything, but a large part of it. Like I say, you can't draw the poison of the crabs, but you can certainly draw the purple welts that they bring out on the few people that didn't wear their protective band properly. And I must say, the colours you brought to that are spectacular. Quite an achievement given what you're working with. You know, a bit of mashed up nettle. There's the odd flower here and there that you can get your dyes from, but it's a struggle to get any sort of color illustration these days. So your work is astounding. It's, it's hard to say, but it's it's a great texture to work in. But that's not all that's going to be my exhibit. I will be having other works there as well. So obviously you're our government's official portraitist. So you're known for the many portraits of the nameless figures of our committee that run this glorious nation that hang in or every room, you know, the bylaw where you have to have at least one of your pictures in every room in your house. So it must be good for an artist to know that your work has been seen by so many people. It's good. But like you said, they're not allowed title cards. They're not allowed to know the name of the actual council member or government member that there's hanging in their business or residence. So by not having title cards, a lot of times people don't know that it was actually me. So I don't get the credit for it. In some cases, I don't get the proper financial compensation for it as well, so we say that. It must be difficult. If you don't know who you're painting, then who do you invoice? I, I invoice the government. It's weird because I literally invoice the term the government. I don't invoice like a certain branch or a certain department, and they've asked me not to be, in their terms, so specific. Well, you know, we've built our system on a basis of nameless control. It seems to be working for now. It's certainly the way you're able to capture that kind of furrowed brow of intense scrutiny that every picture seems to look at you with and the way the eyes follow you around the room. I know people say it's as if the eyes follow you around the room, but these pictures have been documented. The eyes do follow you around the room. They do. Part of that is a technique where I get my thumb and I, I put a depression where the eyes are. And so that way, when it's concave, when you're walking by, it literally looks like it's walking. But I would say that whether I did that or not, we all feel like we're constantly being watched by those people. Lloyd, do you ever feel uh, underappreciated or do you ever feel bitter or do you ever feel like maybe you cannot express something that you would like to express? Well, you know... Corey, it's difficult to talk about these things. I've obviously dedicated my life to the service of this glorious government, but I don't, like you say, I don't know who's paying me. I don't know where my salary is coming from. I get missives from above and I can reply to them, but 
I've never got a name or a face for anybody I'm dealing with. So it can be a bit frustrating, but I love my country and I love serving my country. And I've been re-educated three times now, and I'd like to keep it at that number. So I don't know if it's... Okay, look. Okay, Corey, I've retuned to sub-channel 5D1. You should be able to talk here without being monitored. Okay, please, let's have a conversation about this, please. You've seen the members of the government. You know who they are. So do you know where any of them live? I don't. We've always done a secure location. I have a bag placed over my head. And they do this thing where they spin me all about, and I, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know specific people. I have a specific law against me and people in my position, fellow government illustrators, that we are not allowed to have a family. We are literally uh, legislatively removed from our brothers and sisters, and we're considered the material of the government. I'm content, is what I am. I'm content. Every young artist, every young creative, I myself signs the forms that give the government total control over. Is they, they own me. They own me. Every thought, every creative thought I have. Obviously, I work in radio, so I'm deep underground here, so they've allowed me to have a family. I think they see that as a way to root me, make sure I stay in the bunker. But with artists and creative people, they can't allow you to be infecting your children with your creative freedom. I think that is a very enlightening way to look at it. You have the mind in the voice of an artist. You're the first to have spoken to me in that way, but your words have touched me. I do draw in my spare time. I'm a bit of a doodler. You know, I see... I see the news reports come in before they've been censored, so I sometimes do little secret illustrations based on what's actually happening out there. If you're not doing anything at the first Tuesday of the month at 8 o'clock, I recommend the monthly beach gathering at the space because it sounds like secret doodles might be a wonderful piece that's waiting to come out of you. Like, as a poem, you have you have the alliteration and the ability to communicate as a superhero, as a power. So will you be attending any of the poetry gatherings? Every single one I can go to, I will be there. I'm not allowed to use my content or my government-owned skill for profit or personal gain. I will be creating shirts that are not illustrated, but they have text on them where people may withdraw an image from the text with how it's been orchestrated. And I'm going to have certain messages in those shirts. I've heard rumors about these thousand word shirts. They're worth a picture and they're putting a picture in people's minds. And so, well, I mean, I'd be up for attending a poetry event. Obviously, everyone who goes there has to offer a little bit of poetry as a way of drawing our interview to a close. If we could do a poem together, that could determine whether we're, we're ready to attend one of these events. Sure. So why don't you do the first line, but not finish it, and I'll put in the last word. Then I will do the second line, not finish it, and you put in the last word. That sounds like a plan. I've come to the purple beach to watch the waves. Eat the people's words. The crabs come at us in droves with sand filled with screws and mechanisms as I turn to my friend and say... These poems will make us fly like birds. We can rise above these crabs and soar over the... Poison. We are here. We are wearing shirts with a thousand words. 
But the only thing we need to say is... Freedom. Chills. Chills! Okay, Corey. Uh, I'll see you at the beach. But um, we've just got to return to the interview in order to wrap this up, and then we can meet later. So, um... And so, Corey, yes, yes, sorry. We had a little bit of a, a trouble on the line there. I lost you for a bit, but it's good to get you back. If there was any one picture that we should see at this exhibition, which is the one that we should all look out for? So I'm sure all of you were there when there was a, uh, what do you call them? They have a specific word for them, but like telephone poles, but they hold electricity and they're a wire framing. When one of these, due to the physics being a little different nowadays, turned really mushy into a texture like cinnamon bread and it, it collapsed. It, it really didn't collapse. It kind of bent and everything. But I, I drew a picture of this as something you might see in a children's book where it was a cinnamon bread, a frame tower for electricity. But I think there's a greater message there of power and not showing how soft it really is. So what you're saying is power can collapse. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say that. Just an electricity pylon. The picture is called the nylon pylon, I believe. But it's an interesting concept, Corey. I'm sure we'll continue this conversation at some point. But for the meantime, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you, Lloyd. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. What a fascinating chat that was. We apologise again for the technical difficulties we experienced. And I certainly hope that none of you retuned to Subchannel 5D1 to follow our talk. That would have been most rebellious of you. Oh, Gary has dodged the nurses and shoved the last bag of cash into the furnace. So I guess we're nearly at the end of another show. Sorry, nurses. Look, here's a few more claps from me for your trouble. Oh, and don't forget to pay your parking on the way out. Cheerio, listeners. And until next time, may all your brews be strong. May all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and on this show you heard Victoria Hogg as Cecily Jones, Francesca Reed as Janet Braithwaite, Lee Kennedy as Eckhart Mindley, and David Escobedo as Corey Bellwether. You can find out more about these wonderful improvisers in the information section of this podcast. And you can follow this podcast on all the various social medias at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thanks. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio.